That's a story of all of our lives, isn't it? How in the world could we ever get up to where he was? There's no way we could do it. And he knew that. Thank God for his mercy. Amen. God bless you. So happy to be back in uh, camp meeting in Happy Valley. It's youth camp. We just don't look like it. And our souls were all the same age anyway, waiting for the bodies to to catch up with us. Amen. Sure, thank you for praying for the meetings down in Louisiana. The Lord come in a wonderful way and visit us in a wonderful way. Brother Andrew did a tremendous job and uh, just so appreciate Brother Tim and all the people there and all the effort that they've put forth all these years, over 30 years to have these meetings. And uh, um, I just can't wait to see what great, great rewards will be given out that day and all the results of such meetings ongoing. Amen. First Peter chapter 4, verse 12, if you would tonight. First <clears throat> Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. I love Wednesday night church, I'll tell you, it's just, I realize everybody can't have church Wednesday because of their building situation and whatever more, but I just love that extra boost during the middle of the week. First Peter 4 and 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. As though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice. Brother Michael, did the microphone go dead on me there? There was just total silence when I said that. But rejoice. And as much as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, these are the twins interwoven in the fabric of this chapter. These are the twins interwoven in the fabric of this chapter, sufferings and glory. When his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, or in the Roman language, Christianos, Christianos Delanos, which was not a compliment at all. It was a reproach. Happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of. But on your part, everybody's got a part. Everybody's got a part pertaining to Christ Jesus. On my part, he's glorified. What about you? On our part, 
He's glorified. On their part, he's made fun of, he's ridiculed, he's laughed at. Now, if you notice, he says, on, on speaking of him, the name of Christ, or Christ, Christos, the anointed word. So we're not just talking about the man, Jesus, that died on the cross, but now they've moved into the furtherance of that gospel. That anointed word is now being revealed in this first age in bride form. So they're being identified with that. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of. But on your part, he is glorified. Let's bow our heads together and ask God's blessings on the reading of the word. Father, we thank you tonight for your precious word. We thank you so much for the gospel. Lord Jesus, we realize it has been so watered down, so diluted, soul run through seminaries and education and people's ideas and opinions. But we're so grateful in spite of all of that, that the strength of the gospel is still in the land in the day that we're living. We are so appreciative in our hearts, Father, to see that there is still a book of Acts church that is alive and well. And Lord, we're so grateful tonight that it's not just here. We're just a small part of that very big, great big move of God that's around the world. And we are so happy to be identified with it, Father. May you take your word tonight, Lord, and speak to us those things that we have need of. Each of us come tonight with needs, desires in our hearts, and we're just praying that you would help us. We know many times we don't even know what we need ourselves. We may mention, Lord, I need this and I need that, when in reality, you know our greatest need is even unbeknowings to us. So we're asking tonight that you would help us with that which we are conscious of, that which we are unconscious of. May you give us strength and grace for the hour in Jesus Christ's name. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you, you may be seated. <clears throat> Apparently, there must have been some of the saints in that day, as Peter knew would be in the ages that would be to come, that by them giving their lives to the Lord Jesus and giving Him everything they were, by turning over the entirety of their life and accepting Him as the Lord of their life and some of the things that they were facing, some of the things that they were going to uh, go through under dominion, under the different emperors that would come, the ages that would unfold, that it would be so overwhelming to them. That Peter, I believe, was led of God whenever he addressed it in such a way that some of the believers would not take it as if so that it was so odd and so strange that they had given their heart and their life to the Lord Jesus. And may I say for those that was uh, there at the camp this week and seeing the glory of God and, and many of our own young people received such blessings and several that I heard received the Holy Ghost and, and the Lord done several things for many of our young people on the prayer line which we're so thankful for. But may I say to them tonight, don't think that the devil will let that go without coming and trying to do everything he can to rob you of what God did for you. And not only will the devil try to affect you, but God himself will allow you to be tried. 
And we know that that is part of being a child of God. But yet to some, may I say, it still, still seems so very strange that people say, well, I just don't understand. I just don't understand. I just don't understand what is hard to understand about a promise in God's Word that we are going to be tried that we are going to be tested. I just don't understand why people don't understand that. I have more problems not understanding that than I do the people who don't understand what God says is going to happen. Look, friend, this is part of being a child of God. You are going to be tested. You're going to be tried. You're going to go through things that's absolutely going to sometimes put your mind in such a whirl. Your, your emotions, your anxiety, everything about you that you don't know what to do. And yet all of it, it is written in the word that we will face such things. What is hard to understand about that? But yet Peter said, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial. Now the word fiery here is a term that was used in that day as well as today. It was a term that would be related in a metallurgical way. In other words, it was a way that they would try the silver or the gold or the brass. So it was a way that they would be able to temper the metals and be able to to purify the metals. So Peter uses a trial as a fire. And with the fire comes a great temperature. Now if you're dealing with gold, it is more malleable. It is softer than some of the other metals. And the boiling point and the temperature at which it breaks is different than silver, different than brass, different than other metals. But here he uses it as a way to show the people of God. And he says the fiery trial trial which is to try you. Now when you say well brother Donnie don't God know what I am before the trial and after the trial? Of course he does but sometimes we don't know ourselves. And he wants to be able to take that ability that's inside of you given to, to you by himself in order to let you see sometimes we think we're so strong and we've got it all together and it will be trials that will show us weaknesses that are still left in our lives. Is that right, saints? Now, if something about the afflictions that manifest themselves through the grace of God that actually bring up things in our life that revelations and deep things will not bring out. Afflictions have that ability about them to work on our temperance and our patience and our endurance and our long sufferings. And it also at the same time, it manifests our shortcomings. And as much as we hate, you know, to say, well, revelation, oh my, we need that. That's exactly right. We do. But revelation will never replace the character building which comes by testing and by trial. 
That's right. Now, saints of God are molded in such spots. Now, I realize that they just the nominal type of believer and the lot type of person, they'll never walk in that realm. God knows that. But for the real saints of God, the trial of their faith, it's more precious to them than gold. So when they go through such things, Peter said, don't think that something strange has happened to you or something strange, he said, concerning this fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened unto you. It's only trials and afflictions and tests and difficulties that God allows to come to every child of God. And a child of God that professes to be that, and if they never have troubles, I'll tell you one thing, I'm worried about that person. They're all the time up on the mountain and they never go through any hard time. There's something wrong with their walk with God. That's exactly right. Now that don't mean that a person still can't smile whenever they got difficult time. People look at a person, they got joy and they got that expression. They think they never go through anything. No, maybe they just learn how to deal with it in a different way than you have. But every child of God, now it will try your profession. It will try your faith. It will try your stability. It will try your patience. It tries so many things about us. And Peter said, said, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice in so much as ye are partakers. You imagine rejoicing? Now he actually lays a paradox in front of us. So instead of whining and complaining, well I'm going to quit. I ain't going back no more. I don't know what in the world. I got such a blessing over the weekend. I got so much at the youth camp and wouldn't you know it I got back on Monday and all hell broke loose well praise God that means the devil is scared to death of what you got well you say well I thought everything was going to be rosy who told you that lie you never heard me preach that down there and you never heard brother Andrew preach that down there because that's not the way it's going to be I told the young people there how we wish we could live and that type of atmosphere and that type my goodness it was absolutely tremendous but we realize Christians are not made by living in that type of an atmosphere. It's when we come down from those high places in God and then we're tested and we're tried and we go through one difficulty after another after another. It proves that what we got in those high places was really from God and not a bunch of emotion. Amen Brother Donnie. Come on that church. I'll tell you one thing. I tried to preach three times and prayed for several hundred people on Saturday night. Two brothers had to pack me out. My feet never even touched the ground. I couldn't even stand up. They packed me out. Took me 45 minutes or so to come to myself. Sitting there jerking and quivering like a leaf in the wind. Not even know where I was. I thought, boy, when I go to sleep tonight, I'll pass out. I did for a little while. Woke up 3 o'clock in the morning. Couldn't go back to sleep. Next night, awake all night long fighting demons, worrying about people, hoping they got set free and got delivered and people think they want to be a preacher they're nuts (laughs) exactly right but yet that comes with part of what you're doing it's a battle it is a battle and we can expect to be tried but I do not want to be the type of child of God that God never lets me go through anything do you in reality is that the type of people that you'd want to be I hope not it means I failed at Happy Valley if that's all you'd want to be a type of a person that God would put in a glass bubble and well I can't let them be tried too hard I can't
can't let them go through much of oh my they'll give up on me they'll turn back no I believe God wants us to be the type of people that God can brag on you to the devil and say hey have you considered my daughter have you considered my son I'll tell you one thing they'll stand for me I don't care what you do to them you turn everybody against them they'll believe me they'll trust me and the devil said oh let me do this that he said go ahead and do whatever you want to do but I'm going to tell you before you do it they are mine they love me they believe me they trust me and there's nothing you can do that'll ever turn them away from me oh my Peter had actually broke into an understanding of trials now remember we're talking about about a man here that God used to write this that was not perfect in all of his tests this man has one of the very few apostles that we get a glimpse of in the four gospels that his mistakes and they were horrendous that were written down we don't hear too much about John's mistakes anybody know any of them the scripture said the other disciples fled also but they don't call him a name we don't see Jesus rebuking James we don't see Jesus rebuking some of the others Peter was over and over again and we see his mistakes being written down this man knew a lot about failures praise the Lord he knew a lot about mistakes he knew a lot about overcoming and he finally come to a spot he realized his greatest enemy wasn't John after all his greatest enemy wasn't James after all it was Peter Praise the Lord. So no doubt this, he's arrived at this spot. It took, uh, in my, I imagine in my mind, years and years for him to ever be able to realize that a child of God could actually rejoice when they're going through difficult times. You said, Brother Donnie, how can we do this? Because you have such an expectation of the will of God and the sovereignty of God's love for you as an individual that you know the thoughts that God thinks towards you that they are are good and not evil and where you're at maybe right now you look and say I don't know how in the world any good can come out of this well I've been there right with you and I didn't know how anything good could come out of it but I still believe his word is absolutely true whether or not I understand it and whether or not I even see the good outcome of it his word is true no doubt many of the hard things that we've been through in life that God kept back that's answer and we never saw it in this life when we get over yonder that'll part of be of the glory of God that he will reveal to us remember that time he was going through this yes Lord I, I do remember that well watch this because you done this this happened and that happened and this was linked with that and that was linked with that all this come out of that one trial that you went through I kept it from you because I knew if I showed you that up front it wouldn't really be a trial of your faith you'd be walking just like paying a video and you'd see the outcome so I decided to keep that from you but now I want to show you you did this and because you did this 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 and this happened and then that was multiplied four times out of each one of them and then out of them was multiplied eight more times and out of them two more times now all of this is the result of you going through that trial you didn't even see the outcome and you wondered it your entire life God how in the world could this ever be but you believe me and you trusted me even when it didn't make no sense when it was going on yet you believe me a real child of God friend can arrive to that place when we can rejoice in the most difficult of times in our life because the times don't alter God the times do not alter God the tests do not alter God neither do they alter his purpose for your life in Jeremiah he said I know the thoughts that I think towards you that they are good and not evil and I will bring you to an expected end Amen. praise God 
I don't know what's going to happen to those that persecute me, but I do know what's going to happen to me. I've got an expected end out yonder, and it ain't hell. It ain't hell, fire, and brimstone. It ain't the tribulation period. I've got an expected end, and it's going to be a good one. I don't mind telling you right now. I'm going home with the Lord Jesus and the bride of Christ. Amen. I believe that's what he's thinking about us tonight, saints. Now, Peter representing such a contrast, instead of them being offended because they're going through such hard times, instead of them being so hurt at God, you know, they just don't understand. They don't understand. Oh, Satan loves to hear you say that because he'll either take your misunderstanding and try to get you to apply it against God or against your pastor or against somebody else, and then your mind gets all muddled up. He loves to have a place like that to work. How would absolutely absolutely blows the devil away when a child of God can look at the promise and say he's with me he's promised he'll never leave me he's going to work this out I don't know why he's going to do it but somehow my God cannot lie he will make this work for his own glory I'm going to go ahead and rejoice I'm going to go ahead and rejoice well praise the Lord now, the reason that Peter runs this parallel, he says, Rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings. Now, remember, this is not uh, self-inflicted types of things. These are not things that we cause ourselves. It's not things that we do because of our ignorance or whatever more. But it's things that we go through because we are children of God. Persecuted because of the way we look, we dress, we act, we believe the doctrines that we believe or whatever more. Then we actually enter in to the sufferings of the Lord Jesus himself. Every time you sisters are laughed at and made fun of because of your hair, your dress, no makeup, all that sort of thing. Every time your brothers turn your head when people try to show you something that's not right or you refuse to gossip about people or whatever more, then you are being identified as a child of God. So you will suffer persecution for it. And when you go through that, it's as if though you are there with the Lord Jesus hanging on another cross and you are being crucified for the cause of Christ and you are dying for the cause of Christ with Christ as he died because you are suffering in your own heart you're dealing with it it causes you stress and anxiety look at him hanging on the cross as he went through all that he went through in the garden of Gethsemane on the way of the Villa Della Rosa coming to to the cross itself and he going through all of this terrible time for you feeling his pain his anxiety all the humiliation and yet he gladly did it because of his love for us was so great then think when we are being identified with him and suffering persecution because of his word just imagine you there you're there on Golgotha you're standing right there with him nailed to another cross the cross of Christianity the cross of the reproach of the Lord Jesus oh you're holy roller you're Branhamites you're all crazy you're this that the other. Let them say what they want to say. Don't let vengeance raise up in your heart. Don't let anger raise up in your heart. Pray for them. Pray for them which despitefully use you. Oh my. 
Our suffering actually means glory in the future. So suffering, as I said, suffering and glory are the twins that are interwoven in the fabric of this revelation of what Peter wants to bring. Now, granted, it is not one of the great deeper revelations of the New Testament. It is not about the third heaven. It's not about the Godhead. But it's something very relevant to, the, to the, uh, those human beings that's living here on the earth and going through difficulties and trials. Anybody relate? to that. If you ain't this week, don't worry, you probably will be by Monday. And if you ain't by Monday, probably by Tuesday because it seems anymore they come pretty rapid, don't it? You go through one thing and you barely get through it to have a breather and something else happens and if it's not you, it's somebody you love or somebody you care for. There's trouble everywhere, friends. There's sickness everywhere. There's disease. There's onslaught of hell. The lid has been torn off of hell and demons are pouring in every direction. But we are still more than conquerors. If the power of hell is much harder in this day than it's ever been, then I'm convinced the power of God is revealed in a great measure also to give us strength. Amen. Hallelujah. You see, a Christian's outlook on such is totally different than even a lot type of a believer. The, the trial of their faith, they know if they can ever get along with God and really go to contemplating about where they are. They know that God, the very God who brought them on the earth, the very God who saved them, the God who gave them the Holy Ghost knew that they would be going to this trial. All it would have took was one little thought from the throne of God and he would have diverted you around that thing. But he didn't. So if he's allowing you to go through something that you yourself never self-inflicted, brought upon you, or because of disobedience, then you know somehow it is in the fabric of your life as a child of God, that God weaving together every up, every down, every in, every out, every trial, every time you're able to stand and have such glorious victory, even with those times whenever you're going through such difficulty. It's part of who we are. I love the way Jesus runs the parallel when he speaks about it. And Brother Brennan read the scripture, of course, in St. John 16 when he preached birth pains. And it was the parallel of the Lord Jesus taking of a woman. And the woman is in childbirth. And he says that the woman, whenever she's going through this time, and her body, and oh my, you sisters would only be able to relate to this, of course, but whenever her body is just feel like it's been torn to pieces and the pain is so excruciating and she feels like death would be a welcome thing to get rid of this and yet she's bringing forth life and the Lord Jesus said but once a man child is brought into the earth then what happens all that sorrow lifts away from the woman what was it that brought the joy the same thing that brought the sorrow don't you understand the same cross that brought such shame and humiliation to the Lord Jesus is what sets you free oh glory to God hallelujah that same cross that he was a curse on the same cross that they ridiculed and become a public shame is the same cross that is a symbol today and has been for 2,000 years of the saints of God deliverance the very same thing Paul thorn in the flesh was the very same thing that caused the glory of God to be revealed in Paul in a greater way why was somebody preaching me tonight do you understand your 
your suffering in this life when the rapture comes your suffering will be transformed into glory it will actually be transformed don't think that you're doing this in vain don't think you're standing for the word of God in vain I know there's fewer of us than there was years ago but yet that's the way it has to be the Bible tells us it'll come to this it does not change the promise of God at all praise be to God you imagine the baby that this woman feels like it's going to kill her her heart rate is going up and down her blood pressure going up and down the excruciating pain and she feels like she's fixing to die and in a moment of time when that baby comes out of the mother's body and they go to swat that little baby and it screams out the scream of that delivered child hallelujah the scream of that delivered child what does it do all the pain some of it's still there the anxiety is still there the blood pressure may be fluctuating the heart still may not be stable but there's something about the cry of that voice of new life amen if you and I could see the same thing that the product out of the hardest trial you've ever been in your life it's going to be a boy as we would say a promise of Christ the word and it will bring forth out of you hallelujah all the blood pressure may raise the heart may go up and down but God's promise is after this has come through come to pass then there will be a man child I'll tell you what's coming out of this my friends the rapture the promised word of the Lord Jesus is coming out of the end time it is coming a resurrection it is bringing a rapture the man child is going to be delivered Oh my, what kind of people would we be if God would help us to get a revelation on this? Oh, I know it's not the thunders. I know it's not deep tonight. And y'all ain't sitting there just trying to comprehend, you know, all that horizontal rainbow and all them stars out there. Well, we may look at that this weekend. Who knows? But this is just as suited, just as fitting. Which one of them star sermons do you overcome lust with, brothers? Which one of them horizontal rainbow sermons do you overcome the devil with temper or whatever more in your life? Come on, let's face the facts. A lot of it is sermons just like this. It's right down where we live. And it empowers us and gives us the ability to understand what in the world is going on in my life. I love the Lord with all of my heart. I'm trying to serve Him. I'm trying to do everything that I can. And it seems like my world is turned upside down. But yet there can be such a place in a person's heart that they rejoice. Or you can be like Job. Cursed be the day I was born. You imagine he got so contrary and so grouchy. I believe we got a lot of Job's around the message. I think we got a few in the church here. <laughs> so apparently the spirit of glory and of God are synonymous with sufferings. So whether you're a man, woman, deacon, teenager, whether you're a preacher, not a preacher, every one of us are going to go through things for the cause of the Lord Jesus. Notice this. Peter said, but let none of you suffer as a murderer 
as a thief or as an evildoer. Wow. So Peter puts a busybody in the same sentence here as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer. A busybody in other men's matters. Now this is one who busies himself with what does not concern him. One who pries into the affairs of another. Now some folks are just concerned when they hear there's trouble going on. Some folks are just concerned so they can pray. But some folks are just concerned so they can spread it. Well, here we go back to camp meeting preaching now. You see, it is one who involves themselves so much in other people's affairs that they want to help direct those affairs. Now, when I looked at this word, Brother Terry, I don't mind telling you, I was just overwhelmed. The last part of this word, busybody, is the one that we get the word bishop from. And the first part of it means pertaining to others. So in the translation, it means a bishop of other people's business. Well, I guess we might as well go to Dairy Queen. Y'all ain't going to get nothing else out of the service, are you? Now, can you imagine a person that is so, you know, entrenched and so involved? They're in this deal and that deal and that deal and that deal. And they've got the answer for everybody's problems. And they don't just pray for them, but they make it their business to be Pope or bishop or if it's a woman a bishopess Mrs. Bishop so this is not somebody that's just you know brother I hear you're going through a hard time Uh, sister I hear you're going through a lot you know I want you to know we're praying for you God bless you may God help you sister you know that we love you with all of our hearts but others oh my they can't wait to find out the details oh my goodness I heard there was some devils cast out of people down in Louisiana who was it what was it who was the person did any of them go to brother Tim's church did any of them go to brother Don Bonnie's church. What was it for? And a lot of people that do that, they are not questioning for the good of those that was delivered. They want to find out if it was somebody from our church so they can kind of tack something on me or somebody from Brother Tim's church. Ah, that shows Brother Tim ain't a man of God. Not necessarily. Just because you got demons hanging around you. Jesus called one to be with him to be a preacher and he was God. So some people enter into such a degree of their nose being so long that they would have to have three hinges in it in order to be able to fold it up and fit back on their face. They would make Pinocchio look like a midget because they actually become a bishop of a... Now folks, what are y'all getting caught on me for? 
They become a bishop of other people's matters, not to pray, but to gossip. They can't wait to get on their cell phone. They can't wait to text people. And then they wonder why when they have problems, people go to talking about them in the church. Wonder if it could be all them years of sowing that you've done. If you sow gossip, guess what's going to come up in your garden? Wait till your time comes. It will come up. Boy, it's hot in here, ain't it? Goodness gracious. Is it just me? Now, he says for, for Christians not to suffer as murderers and liars and all of that. And then he says that they're not to suffer as a busybody in other men's matters or a bishop of other people's business. My brother, darling, the Bible says we're to bear one another's burdens. You slimy hypocrite you are not bearing nobody's burdens by spreading gossip and spreading their problems and spreading their troubles just so you can be the first one to put it on Facebook if you want to spread it get down on them knees Spread your arms out before God and say, God, you hear the need of my brother. You hear, come on, Happy Valley. You hear the need of my sister. You hear, Lord, I hear there's a young person in our church that's doing this and that and the other. Oh, God, please help them. God, please. Don't, don't let that young person fall away, Lord. Please. Or do you say, hey, have you heard the latest? So-and-so's doing so-and-so and so-and-so's doing this and so-and-so's doing that. Hello, Bishop. Well, hallelujah. Yep, Brother Donnie's back home. <laughs> now look, I'm your pastor, so I can say these things. I'm called to whoop you harder than an evangelist. That's my call. That's right. Notice he says in verse 16, yet if any man suffer as a Christian. Oh my goodness, you mean that Peter would take this word which was a word of reproach. There's no way we can be able now in 2019 when we read this scripture relate to a first century mind in the way they would read this. Now most of you probably believe that the term Christian was started by Christians themselves. You're wrong. The term Christian was not founded by Christians. It was not first used by Christians. It was used three times in the New Testament. Every time it was used, it was used in a slanderous way. They were not complimenting them. Oh, today we turn around and say, oh yes, praise God, we're Christian. We're like Christ. That's not the way that word was used in the first century. It was equivalent to being saying you were a malefactor, or you were a robber, or you were a liar, you were a whoremonger, or a thief. It was not a title that was used. Oh, today we know how it is today. You know, you're a Christian. Oh, yes, I'm a Christian. Are you a Christian? Yes, I'm a Christian. So for many, it is something to brag about. But in the first century, it could cost you your life. If somebody come up to you and said, are you a Christian? Are you a Christianos? 
You understand one reason why they hated Christians so mad? Whenever it come to the spot where the emperors declared themselves to be God, every Roman citizen, every person inside the kingdom of Rome, they had to come and offer the yearly sacrifice at least once a year to Nero. And they would come and say this Roman cliche of the words of their language and they would say this and make the sacrifice. But there was only one group of people that would not do it. And that was the Holy Ghost filled children of God. So they turned their way of worshiping Nero almost identical to Cristiano Tianos. And they would say it in such a way and this is why Nero absolutely hated them. Because when they would come to the real Christians some of them claimed they were and then they would offer a sacrifice to Nero. We've had some of them in our church. Every church has got some. Praise God. But I believe we've got some Christianos here tonight as well. Amen. We don't bow to Nero now. We won't bow to Nero later. Come on, saints. But yet Nero absolutely hated them Christian of the Parthenons, of the Greeks, of the Macedonians, of the Cappadocians, of every people on the face of the earth. But the Christianos, they would not bow. He hated them. He despised them. You know why? Because they exalted the Lord Jesus as God above Nero. Because Nero said, I'm God. And the Christian said, no, you're not. You're not God. You're not the giver of life. So he said, fine. If that's the way you are, I'll kill you. So you're going in the market, young sisters, or some of your older sisters, and a Roman citizen sees you and says, Christianos? Christianos? What will be your answer? Brothers, they come up to us in the market. We're simply there selling our cows, our, our sheep, or whatever. Christianos? Christianos? Offer a sacrifice to Nero. I cannot do that. I am a Christian. Now, in the first century term, that's like saying, I am a murderer. I am a liar. Oh, my. Well, today, to say that you're a Christian, not very much reproach. To say you're a Holy Ghost field, Acts 2.38, Malachi 4, Luke 17.30, Revelation 10, 1-7, Christian. Come on, saints. To say you're a Christian that still believes the baptism of the Holy Ghost, even in our own ranks. I know you find it hard to believe, but even in our own ranks, we got folks that say they believe the message that ridicule, make fun of, and criticize the youth camp meetings we just had. As a matter of fact, one preacher not long ago stood up in his church, which he's now become a pope, uh, wants to be anyway, and said going to the youth camp is like getting the flu. Going to the youth camp, you should never do it. It's this and that and the other well you know what you realize that a man like that has an agenda and his agenda is against a real genuine new birth I come to a realization many years ago why a lot of the message preachers are against Pentecost because they've never had one glory to God that's why they're against emotion that's why they're against shouting why in the world wouldn't we want our young men our young women so filled with 
with the Holy Ghost, they can look pornography in the face and drugs in the face and alcohol in the face and say, Satan, you're not going to get my life. I'm a 16-year-old boy and my heart belongs to Jesus Christ. I'm a 17-year-old girl and I give my heart to the Lord Jesus. You're not getting me, devil. Get away. Get back to hell. So Peter purposely uses this name of derision, this name of ridicule. So if people go to inquiring about you today, you go to church? Uh, yeah. Where? Here and there. I attend meetings in Ruth, North Carolina. I go here. It's kind of dangerous around here anyway, saying you come. Hey, friends, don't be ashamed. There's a reproach. Do you understand? There's multiplied tens of thousands of people who live in this area right here around us, and they can say they're a Christian all day long, and hardly nobody will say one thing against them. Where you go? First Baptist, where you go? I go to the big Methodist church up here. Where you go? Oh, I go to a charismatic, cruisy type church, you know, where we believe in love and all that sort of thing. You know, we just, we don't preach against nothing and we don't stand for nothing, which means you'll fall for everything. We don't really, you know, our, our pastor's sensible, he's smart, he's educated, he has, um, he's politically correct, he never says anything to interrupt anybody, probably including the devil as well. Uh, and we just have so much love in our church. Well, you may have a lot of lust, but you ain't got the love of God in your church. Because the love of God comes around where truth is preached. Oh my, but he would say, well, we go to Happy Valley, or we go down to Lighthouse for Jesus, or oh Lord, yeah, oh my Lord. You don't mean to tell me you're one of them Branhamites. No, I'm not a Branhamite. I'm a Holy Ghost-filled Christian. William Branham is not my Lord, my Savior, my King. He is my brother. And our family name is not Branham, but the Lord Jesus. Well, praise the Lord. Our family name ain't Reagan. Our family name ain't Yance. It ain't Horn or Smith. And it ain't Branham. The whole family in heaven and earth is called after the name Jesus. Oh, y'all don't believe in that Acts 238 with all of my heart. Oh, my, you don't believe in that Acts 24 with all of my heart. Oh, you got to watch Brother Donnie. He preaches all that stuff because he come from Pentecost. No, I preach all this stuff because I come from God. You see, in 1962, Brother Branham says Pentecost is God. Oh, Pentecost is God. Oh, I know you won't hear that quoted very much, but it is. Not the 1906 Pentecost, the original outpouring of the Holy Ghost. What was it? Deity in human beings. You better believe I want that Pentecost, my brother and sister. And I want to get it to every young person, every old person, every middle-aged person that I can get it to because that's the only thing that's going to take us out of this world. So you imagine they get this letter. 
open it up and I go to reading it down. If any man suffer as a Christian, did anybody read this? Did the guards stop you? Did anybody? No, no, no. It's come straight from Peter. If any man suffer as a Christian. See, even friends, even now, as much as I've emphasized it, you, you still can't get it, can you? You can't comprehend what it would have been like to have been called a Christian Amen. in this first century. It could be your death. If any man suffer as a Christian, so they were actually suffering to be identified as Christianos. They suffered for being a Christian. How many of y'all work with all kinds of Christians in your work? All kinds of Smoke? Drink? Lie? Curse? Do a little bit of everything. And you got an element of them that are pretty good people as far as you know. And they're pretty nice kind of people, you know. And yet to be, oh, you're a Christian? Yeah, praise God. You're a Christian, you believe the Lord? Yeah, we believe the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, God's good. And yeah, God's good. And you get off page one, God's good. And then you go to get into a little bit more stuff. And then they want to know do it. And Carol stopped the other day coming up in, in Georgia to get some gas on the way back from the camp. We stopped there and there's a guy selling watermelons and stuff. And so we parked the vehicle, went over where he's at, this older man, you know, probably 70s, maybe something like that. And uh, I was walking up through there and he had some wood, big old um, big, big planks that was there and really interesting wood. And Carol was looking for fruit and this and that. So he said, hey, buddy, is that a Pentecostal woman walking with you? And I said, yes, sir, sure is, because I'm a Pentecostal preacher. <laughs> well, his wife, or whatever woman it was that was helping him, sure didn't look Pentecostal. But he said he got saved in Jack Coe's meeting. Well, he started talking about Jack Coe, Jack Coe this, Jack Coe that. So I thought, well, I'm going to kind of lead him on a little bit. He said, boy, Jack Cole had a lot of faith. I said, yeah, he sure did. Had a lot of things. I said, you ever heard of A.E. Allen? Yeah, I heard about it. William Branham? Look, I'm fishing, friends. Okay, I'm fishing. So, you know, this is what I do if I feel to talk to somebody on a plane or whatever more. I don't throw the whole seal book, the whole church age book. I just throw a baited worm, you know, put it on the hook and throw it out there. The old guy never even grabbed, never even nibbled, went straight back to Jack Cole. I thought, must not be a fish. Maybe a turtle, maybe a sand shark who knows exactly what he is. So what can you do? But yet to me, the thing was greater than Jack Cole. Jack Cole was a great man, had great meaning. But what did Jack Cole leave behind? Memories of miracles of what God done in the 50s. But what did William Branham leave behind? Not a college, not send us somewhere to be educated, but a message from God that has turned our hearts back to the original apostolic fathers hallelujah where our young people and our old people and our middle aged people can come back to the same experience that Peter had on the day of Pentecost and meet the same Lord Jesus in the same way with the same reality Oh my, wonder Brother Terry when Peter wrote this, 
If any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Wonder for a moment, Brother Skip, if he had a temporary flashback. Here he was again at the Praetorian. The Lord Jesus is standing either to his left or to his right, however it was, and Peter was standing so far out, and the maid come up and said, Hey, I saw you with him. And Peter was ashamed. But now a man which was ashamed got changed and was telling other people, You don't have to be ashamed. <laughs> Praise be to God. Don't, don't you love that? How God can take men whose lives are, were just the epitome of this very thing and turn them right around and be able to tell them and use them to say, look, I, I know what it's like to be ashamed. Oh, and I wonder how many times that he relived that over and over again, those moments as he went through that time. But you know what? He couldn't just live in that the rest of his life. He had to ask God to forgive him and pick himself up and go on. And then you imagine the courage that it took, different than Paul, different than James, the courage that it took to write this, the courage that it took for a man like this to write this very thing, knowing that some people would say, who are you to tell me? Who are you to tell me not to be ashamed? You ain't got no right to say nothing, Peter. You denied him. Luke done wrote it down about you, buddy. You done tell him, Peter, there's no, that's true, I'm sorry. I cannot undo that, but I can tell you from a man who was ashamed, I'm not ashamed no more. Be to God. I was exalted in myself. I had a lot of intellect and I thought I could do it, but I found out my faith was intellectual and not from the heart. And from that, I am sorry, but I can tell you right now, I will not be ashamed of Him no more. Praise be to God. So I can tell you if you are suffering as a Christian, do not be ashamed. But this is what He wants us to do. Let him glorify God on this behalf. Praise God. Let him glorify God on this behalf. He bestows this gift on him to be able to suffer for Christ. Isn't it amazing how that we want gifts and signs and wonders and, and some of the greatest things that we can bear for Christ are the things that we grumble about the most. Isn't it amazing that Jesus doesn't say they'll stand before me that day and say, Lord, we lost our head for your name. They cut our fingers off for your name. We suffered great reproach for your name. We went through such tribulation for your name. He didn't even mention that, but he said they'll cast out devils and we raise the dead and we done this and that and the other. Why? People, they tend to go toward that. I saw it in Pentecost of the nine spiritual gifts. It was the three vocal gifts that mainly that people wanted. They didn't want the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, but they wanted the three vocal gifts. Either prophecy, tongues, or interpretation. They wanted the vocal gifts. Why? For many people, it's the one that gives them the most recognition. That's what people want. It shows you that they're missing a new birth. Oh my goodness. It shows they're missing a new birth. Gifts are not to gratify and exalt our flesh. Gifts are not put in a human 
human being to make the human being great and wonderful and everybody to look up to that human being. A gift is being able to get yourself out of the way so the glory of God can manifest itself through you and whenever you get done, if you've got the real gift and the real Holy Ghost, you don't feel like some great champion, some great wonderful person going around with your chest all stuck out. You feel so depleted, so wore out, so humiliated and embarrassed for all of your humanity because you recognize it's only God that can do such a thing. I hope every one of us realize if there's anything ever accomplished out of our lives that will have eternal weight and glory. It is only by the grace and the mercy of Almighty God. None of us are good. None of us are gifted. None of us are wonderful. Praise be to God. Let me read one more scripture, shall we? 1 Peter 5, 7. We're talking about the church, the early church, and troubles and trials and tests. Casting all your care upon him. For he cares for you. I wonder how many of us need help with that tonight. How many of us have got victory, have given God the little things? But God absolutely needs our help on the big stuff. I mean, no, no, nah, nah, nah. God can't handle this big stuff without us helping him. You might as well say amen because the reason that we don't cast it on him is because we feel like we cannot trust him. It's a lack of trust in our lives. Notice that Peter does not make this plural. Casting all your care. So he puts it all in one bundle. Instead of allowing us to sort. God, me and God, God, me and God, and Brother Donnie. God, me and God. If you're not going to be, if you're, hey, if you're not careful, you're going to wind up with more on me and you than you've got on God. You're going to kill me and you. But notice he doesn't say sort. He doesn't say weigh. He doesn't say divide or separate. Or children. Look at the word casting. To throw upon. Place upon. Casting all your care. Which is care and anxiety. Anybody got care and anxiety? Casting all your care upon him. And this is the reason why. It's not complicated. It's not deep. It's not hard to understand. For he careth for you. The meaning is we're to commit our whole cause. Our salvation, our joy, our trouble. We cast all our care. Well, I'm not sure about the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm not sure about my healing. I'm not sure about my son. I'm not sure about my daughter. I'm not sure either. But I know there's one thing we're supposed to do. Cast all of it on God. Now, 
if you'll notice, He will not take it from you or me against our will. Now God's not going to say, give me that, Jim. Jim, I said right. I'm a boy, I'm going to turn you over my life, Jim, if you don't let go of that stress and that anxiety. I'm going to wear you out, son. He simply tells us, Jimmy, give it to me. How much of it, Lord? All of it. You're troubled about your journey. You're troubled about a surgery. You're troubled about a build. You're troubled about a daughter. You're troubled about a son. You're troubled about... You can't fix them no how. It's beyond you. It's bigger than you. It's greater than you. So why don't you do... Oh, brother, that mean we forget about it? No, of course not. We'll still pray. We'll still concern. We know about it. But don't you understand when we do not obey this part of the Word, what's the difference in this in Acts 2.38? Amen. So if we obey Acts 2.38, glory to God, I believe every word. Do you? Well, right here's a word tonight. Let's see how much all of us believe it. Casting all your care on Him, for He cares for you. Oh my, so your heavy trials, your friends, your sorrows, your difficulty, your job, the anxiety of the world, I ain't got no strength, I ain't got the ability to go on, I'm depressed, I'm sad, I'm lonely, well don't dump it on me, I sometimes I can't take no more. God don't want you dumping it all on me anyhow, God sure I'm here to help you, I'm sure to bear your burden and your load, but God is the only one that can take all of yours and yours and yours and yours and yours and yours and millions of people around the world at the same time and he still ain't tired when he gets them all done it will wear you out it will wear me out it will cause you more stress and anxiety it will cause more trouble in your troubled mind it will cause more trouble in your troubled heart and when you get done you still ain't no closer to the answer well praise be to God Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. I love this word here in the Greek. It actually means literally respecting you. You mean when I give him all, I garner a respect from God. Why? I've accomplished something that not many humans can do. Think of it. When God can actually convince us, I'm big enough, I'm strong enough, I'm up all night anyway, no need both of us staying up all night. You can trust me. I'll take it in my hands. You can trust me. Lay it in my care. Your sick baby. Look, sisters, this is not just for the preacher. This is for you sisters at night when your baby wakes up with a fever or your child or you can't get a hold of me or Brother Daryl. And you know, God, you're here. Brother Donnie ain't here. Brother Daryl ain't here. Brother Wes ain't here. But you're here, Lord. I lay my hands on my baby, God. He respects you. So care is a burden. Notice it. Which faith casts off the believer over on God. 
and lays it right over on God. Oh my. You see, Peter wants to relate to them, and I'm going to close. Peter wants to relate to them. He's unlike all the rest of these heathen gods. These heathen gods, the way that they projected them, they were so high and so big and so holy, so far out, they, they wouldn't concern themselves about you. They never concerned themselves about your troubles and your trials. But Peter said, no, that's not the kind of God we're serving. We're serving the kind of God that's concerned about an old possum. We're concerned about the kind of a God that's concerned about a little bitty fish that when he throttled that hook, the hook was nearly as big as the fish was, and the prophet whenever he threw it out there and he said, oh my, you know, and the Lord said, speak to that little fish and give it his life. Can you imagine the resurrection coming to a fish? Well, sure, he's going to do the same thing in the millennium. <laughs> God. To show what? The prophet said the reason he'd done that was to show that God is concerned about small things. Little things of your life. Friend, I know you laugh at me and you're probably saying, I think poor brother Donnie's crazy. But there's all types of things. I've told you before, I'm going to keep telling you. There's all types of things and I go to do something. I'm building something. I'm working on something. And I try it over and over again. I just can't get it, brother Terry. I calm myself. I stop. I did it the other day. Just doing something. I thought, Lord, what's wrong? I cannot figure this thing out. I just stopped laying on my back, took the wrench, laid it down in the name of Jesus, Father Help me. I opened my eyes and looked right at it. Well, that don't happen to me. You know why? You don't ask him. Your sisters, your brothers, he wants to be that much a part of your life. Remember, Brother Ben, talking about the kids going to take school, a test, and he said they come by the house and said, Brother Brennan, pray for us, pray for us. He said, you should do that of a morning. You should gather around your table when your children's going to have a test and say, Johnny's got a test today. Let's pray for him. Oh, you mean God would help me pass the test? Yes, he cares for you. Let's sing. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Verse 8. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. But there's some folks he can't swallow. Actually, this word is swallow down. You can't swallow a dynamite, Holy Ghost-filled Christian. Bad mistake. <laughs> oh, Lord, I don't want to get started on that. <laughs> Woo! Don't you want to be the kind of child of God that the devil said, I might aggravate him. I might torment him, but I sure don't want to swallow that dude. Oh my, this is the way to keep the devil from swallowing you down. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may swallow down. Praise be to God. Thank you, Lord. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. I wonder how many of us tonight need help 
and casting all our care on him. Rejoicing in trouble and dealing with such difficulty and feeling like we have to pack it ourselves. Oh, what needless pain we bear all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And it don't any good to, to carry it to Him and then carry it away. What a great victory we'd have right here in this place tonight, saints. If God would drop in our hearts the understanding of how to cast that care on Him and yet still be concerned about the matter ourselves, but knowing we have committed the outcome to the grace of God. Or you can take it to yourself, worry over it, fret over it, take it out of God's hands, put it in God's hands, take it out of God's hands, put it in God's hands, take it out of God's hands, put it in God's hands. What are we expressing? Lack of trust. Well, God, God, I just can't trust you. You're just too slow. I mean, I've been waiting for however long on this and you ain't done nothing yet. And remember, when you're dealing with other people's wills and you're praying, oh God, be mindful of this person, that person, God has to be just in dealing with other people. God can't just change people because you ask. God has to deal with it in a manner of justice. Sometimes He whips them, sometimes He beats the fire out of them, but He still has to do it in a just way. So keep that in mind when you're praying for other people and their needs and whatever more in their life. God has to deal with them in a just way. Let me like to be remembered tonight. Both of my hands up, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus. Thank you for this manna tonight, Father. Lord, I pray you'd begin with me tonight, if you would. Lord, not that I'm the first, not that I'm the most important, but me being the shepherd, help me, Lord, that I can be able to lead them by example. Help me, Lord God, that I can surrender more. Lord, I realize I have an advantage having a gift in my life, and if I can ever make it out them doors, if I can ever get out past the nervousness and the anxiety of knowing I got to preach and I can ever get under the anointing, no matter how heavy my burden is and how difficult a load I'm bearing, if the gift can get anointed, I'll be all right. But that's not my walk. Then when the anointing leaves me, Lord, then I'm right back to where I was. And sometimes worse. Because I'm nervous, I've wrestled devils, dealt with all kinds of things. So Lord, in one sense of the word, I have an advantage. In another sense, I have a disadvantage. I need your help tonight, Lord. I'm not a bit embarrassed nor ashamed to say to you, and to these people, this is greater than me. The battles, the tests, the difficulties of life are greater than Donnie Reagan. But they're not greater than he that is in me. They are greater than these people. I don't care how great they are, how strong they are, or how strong they think they are. Which most of the time is not real anyway. But no matter what we go through, it's not greater than you. So we could take all the burdens of the saints of God around the world. No doubt if we would take them all together and put them together, it would be millions times millions strong and lay them all on you. 
And you're just as strong as you was before we ever laid one on you. Praise God. So this scripture, Lord, is to us here in Tennessee. It's to the believers down at Brother Bill's church. To the believers down at Brother Richard Wilson's church. To the believers in Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Indiana, Arkansas, Texas, wherever more and Lord of the ever continent on the earth where the believers are. It's to every one of your believing children, Lord. And you're not even concerned about being overwhelmed with it. But you just say, keep on laying it on me, children. Because I can bear it. Praise God. Oh, Lord Jesus, help us tonight. What a release. What a release could happen to us right here in this building tonight. And we would be able to lay our son... Our daughter, our wife, our mother, our father, our job, that disease that the doctor has diagnosed us with, that prognosis that the doctors have given, which may not look very good, but if we could cast our care on Jesus, for He cares for us. He's not like the heathen gods and we know how they made them. They made them in the symbol of the image of a god and many times it would be hollow and sometimes they would think that god would come inside that hollow image. They had eyes, but they couldn't see. They had ears made out of metal or wood, but they couldn't hear. They had mouths, but they couldn't speak. They had hands, but they couldn't move. But Peter said, our God's not that kind of God. He's got eyes, and they run to and fro on the earth searching. He's got ears, and they hear the cries of his children. He's got lips, and they speak to his children. Praise be to God. Happy Valley, he cares for you. Cast all you care on him, for he cares for you. Can we sing that song here? He cares for you. Amen. We got a baptism tonight. If they'll come and prepare for that while we're just singing. Let this not only be a song that you're singing, but let it be a prayer. As you sing this in the melody of your heart and you're singing the words, He cares for you. He cares for you. Through sunshine and shadow and sorrow, He cares for you. Then you add your words, Lord. Make that real to my heart. Make that real to my heart tonight, Lord. You know what I'm bearing. You know what we're going through. Help me, Lord Jesus, that I can leave my care. Bring your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Let's sing it together and just worship a little bit, shall we? Before we baptize. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He was right there with you in the doctor's office when he read you that report of your MRI. He was right there when you got that bad news about your son or daughter. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I know you do, Lord God. You've showed it so many times. Oh, He cares for you. And you, my brother. And you, my sister. And you, my brother.
you commit your care to him oh he cares for you thank God he cares for you again teaches that children children is a joy of an old man. So I'd ask Joe to pray for before baptized. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for such a great opportunity. Lord, we know there's rejoicing in our hearts, Lord. In the home of our sister, Lord, I know their their hearts are doing backflips, no doubt, Lord. But Lord, what what about that moment, Father, when when you silenced heaven? You made the announcement, Lord. Lord Jesus, that You had another one that had come home, Father. You had one that had beckoned to the call. Lord, we know in ourselves we've been taught, Father, we can't seek You. 
We don't go looking for God. But Lord, before the foundation of the world, when that seed was placed in, Father, when the prophet said that deep calls to the deep, that deep has to respond, Lord. Lord, we thank You, Father, that she's responded to the call. Lord, and from this moment on, Lord, we know with that deep inside of us comes a life. Lord, and with that life comes a desire to put on all that You are, Lord. And may that desire harness faith, Lord, to reach out and, and grasp that Holy Ghost which Your prophet said was a free gift given by the Father, Lord. So from this moment on, Lord, this day as she goes down the watery grave, Lord, and comes back up, as it were, Lord, a new, a new person in Christ, may that be her heart's desire, Lord, to seek that Holy Ghost. Lord, to, to cherish it. Lord, have it sealed inside that soul, Lord, not just on the flesh, Father. We thank You for it. We pray that You would bless her in her daily walk. In Jesus' name, Amen. Lord, it gives me great pleasure to baptize You in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Brother Jack's happy because he baptized a granddaughter, but God ain't got no grandkids, does he? They're all kids. Think of it. We're standing right here tonight with the same experience that Peter and James and John and the apostles had on the day of Pentecost. Don't you believe God wants to make it personal to let you know that He cares for you as an individual? You're just, just a few weeks back, one of the brothers here in the church had a particular need in his body. He said, Lord, you see I'm going through this and this. And he told the Lord what it was. And he said, it would just mean so much to me if you'd have Brother Donnie to come and pray for me. In less than 30 seconds, he heard my voice and felt my hand say, Lord Jesus, I laid on my hand on his head. It so shocked the brother that he jumped. Get ready for God, because sometimes He can frighten you. You believe He's a prayer answering God? We believe He's a prayer answering God. Brother, don't look good.
you, Lord Jesus. Praise be to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise be to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm sure some of you have already heard the testimony of Sister Lou Bean. The doctor told her she had a brain tumor on the side of her head, went and had the, the report read. And guess what? It ain't there. That's our God, friends. That's our God. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Amen. Let's bow our heads together. Father, thank you for another time we could be together, Lord. We love you so much. Lord, I pray, dear God, that you would just go with us now. And may we ruminate on what we've heard tonight as is the custom of sheep to do, to pull it back through and think about it and help us, Father. We need your revelation, Lord, to make parts of these things more real to us. We desire it, Lord. You bring it to our attention so that we can see we need to move up. Thank you for it tonight, Father. Go with us now as we leave this place. Bring us back again this weekend, Lord. We come expecting a great time once again in your presence. Father, I just ask that you direct me, Lord, and lead me. Father, you see that I have some meetings, Lord, in the months to come. and Some ones, Lord, that I'm praying about whether to accept or not. And I just pray you'd guide me, Lord Jesus, that you'd help me. Help me to know what to do, Lord. Just give me that direction, I pray, Father. Go with your children now, Lord. Bring us back this weekend, and we just look forward to it, Father. It's always a grand time when we're in your presence. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And the saints said, Amen. Praise be to God. Turn and shake hands with somebody, would you? Just tell them it's been good to me in the house of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's pick it up a little bit, Harry, and sing something, make him happy as we go. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Look, friends, God's for you. If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Amen. Oh, well, he ain't never, never done me nothing ever. Done me, done me nothing, nothing but good. Oh, nothing Anybody but good. Anybody say to that? I said that he ain't never, never done me nothing ever. Done me nothing but good. Oh, nothing but good. Yeah. Well, history tells of a polycarp, martyr for the gospel's sake. They built a fire around his feet and tied him to a stake. The fire could not consume him till they pierced him with a sword. Blood ran down, but out the fire and still he praised the Lord. He said, all these years I've served him. He's gone to me good. I won't repent and I won't repent. Just tell me why I should.
take him as my savior i cast my lot with the chosen few and i started out with heaven well soon i was forsaken my friends lived one by one but the good lord walked right along beside me he never left me alone man the devil couldn't doubt it he surely loved the savior there was no doubt about it well satan cursed his body from his feet to his head they told him all his cattle and his children were dead then job's wife said why don't you curse your god and die but job said woman you speak like a foolish child Jesus, I took him as my Savior. I cast my lot with a chosen view and I started out for heaven. Well, soon I was forsaken. My friends left one by one. But the good Lord walked right along beside me. He's never left me alone. He's fed me when I was hungry. Cheered me when I was sad. Well, he's been the dearest friend I have ever had. tonight amen amen let's just sing that little chorus as you're dismissed amen jesus is with me when the storm clouds gather he's standing by my side amen it's good been good been good to be in the house of the lord tonight amen oh jesus is with me when the storm clouds gather he's standing by my side when i hear the thunder roll he holds my hand when I begin to tremble and the winds of this world are blowing strong, 
passes with me when the storm clouds gather. He's standing by my side when I hear the thunder rolls. He holds my hand when I begin to tremble when the winds of this world are blowing strong. Oh, Jesus is with me when the storm clouds gather. He's standing by my side when I hear the thunder roll. He holds my hand when I begin to tremble and the winds of this world are blowing strong. Oh, Jesus is with me when the storm clouds gather. He's standing by my side when I hear the thunder roll. He holds my hand. When I begin to tremble and the winds of this world are blowing strong well, I know that Jesus is with me when the storm clouds gather He's standing by my side when I hear the thunder rolls He holds my hand when I begin to tremble and the winds of this world are blowing strong Oh, I know that Jesus is with me when the storm clouds gather. He's standing 